I'm a stupid bitch. I'm a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. Alright, hi everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dumb Bitch Media, the podcast. What's up? We are recording live from my parents' house in the middle of fucking nowhere in the dead of Canadian winter during a snowstorm. And coldest temperatures in the last 100 years, I think. Which I find hard to believe because it's not that cold out. I don't think that that's (laughs) true, but I would just like to say that's how fucking dedicated we are to this podcast. Yeah, we really care about you guys knowing what our opinions are on things. All 16 of you. Shout out. So lots of shit happened on the internet this week. Cardi B went off on the dram in a rant video about government shutdown. She went off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She absolutely lost it on President Cheeto <laughs> <laughs> and his shutdown. I think it's good. Normally, I don't like it when celebrities engage in politics. Because I think it's very fake. Normally, I don't like it when celebrities engage in politics. Yeah, because it's fake. And also normally because they have bad politics. Yeah, true. (laughs) But I think that she is on the right side of history with this one, first of all. (laughs) And also, she didn't say anything particularly, like, rich. You know what I mean? Like, she's just, like, being honest, right? Like... She was just saying, like, guys, this is actually serious. Like, it's been going on for a while. And, like, you can't, like, you can't even use the fact that there was also a government shutdown when Obama was president because it was for completely different reasons. Yeah. Which is true. Of course. And she does make a lot of good points in that, uh, you know, it's particularly offensive that the government can force workers to go back to work because that kind of ruins the entire point of a a shutdown or a strike. Because... You know, it's it's directly in opposition to the meaning of a shutdown or a strike. Yeah, it's like any union that goes on strike can be legislated back in. Exactly. And, well, the Canadian government, well, we didn't shut down, but, like, a bunch of Canadian government workers weren't getting paid because of a huge mistake in what was called the Phoenix pay system. Yeah. So a bunch of government workers were going to work without getting paid for... What? At least a year. I was going to say, it's still going on. I think it's been almost two years at this point. Yeah. But the difference is that, I mean, it was the pay system, but it was inconsistent payments. So, like, people weren't getting paid on time or when they were supposed to, but there was still some... Some people weren't getting paid at all. Some people were getting underpaid or inconsistently being paid. Mm -hmm. Some people were being overpaid and then owing the government a shit ton of money that they didn't know they were going to owe to them. I got overpaid once and my employer tried to make me pay them back and I said no. Yeah, which should absolutely be yeah. your right, but unfortunately when your employer's the government, that's not yeah, really how it works. You can't stop it. One thing that really pissed me off about the Tardy B rant was it really brought out the tone police. Yes. You know, a lot of people were not only questioning her intelligence and her <laughs> right to speak on issues like this, they were also kind of questioning the validity of what What she she was saying because obviously she was speaking in 
I guess, abonics to some extent. And yeah. she was also using swear words and various profanities. When people have nothing else to critique, they're always going to go for tone or dialect, right? Like, Well, 100%. And also, you know, all these democratic senators and whatnot were all like, oh, can we retweet Cardi B? We don't know if we can retweet Cardi B. Of course B. you can. Of course you can. And you can also shut up about it if you don't like <laughs> it. And people were saying it would not be senatorial or it would not be conduct becoming of a senator for me to retweet Cardi B. Yeah. And it's like that's just another layer of waspiness that obscures kind of government processes and also creates a barrier between <laughs> working class people and actually organizing and taking action, right? Yeah, and it speaks to again like class issues and politics right and who has access to yeah representation and yeah definitely and anyone who would critique cardi b for that is failing to acknowledge that she does actually understand the people that this could affect not just government workers but also it's affecting some of the branches that were shut down were i think the welfare branch was shut down so it was also disproportionately affecting poor people and of course like Cardi B is super rich now but she does have working class credentials she was literally a stripper even what three or four like less than that I think years ago yeah Yeah, exactly yeah and she I think like I said I don't normally like it when celebrities like speak on politics but I think Mm -hmm. that she's you know giving uh, like a voice to people who aren't being well represented as well as framing it for some people who might not know what's going on completely or might not have access to the information she's keeping people informed who might not really know what's going on otherwise she's using her platform for good a b she's an entertainer and no one can deny that the content that she creates is extremely entertaining people do watch her live streams and they watch her instagram stories and her instagram videos for a reason and it's because she's extremely funny and i do find her to be well spoken i do too she has good ideas anyone who's shitting on it (laughs) including but not limited to chuck schumer is honestly probably just mad again or interested in creating barriers to who's allowed to speak about politics and also i would like to say in 2019 i would like to see more celebrity content like cardi b yelling about politics and less celebrity content like Jamila Jamil talking about body image issues. True. <laughs> Talk about things that, yeah, have a... Affect you. Yeah, and have a, I think have a well-thought-out opinion and talk about things that affect you or people that, you know, are part of your community. We're, we're pro Cardi B. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so another thing that we're going to talk about is the uh, Caroline Calloway drama. So for anyone who doesn't know who she is, I don't blame you. <laughs> she is an Instagram influencer. Uh, she like went to like a private school in the US when she was in high school and then went to university in England. Cambridge. She went to Cambridge. Okay? Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was Oxford or Cambridge. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially what, what happened this week was that she decided to put on a series of workshops um, that she started advertising in December about creating brand like social media branding and uh, marketing creativity essentially how to be yourself 101 (laughs) creativity workshops and she um basically scammed a bunch of people Mm -hmm. 
because the workshops didn't pan out the way that she promised them to and she canceled a bunch of them and this isn't her first time not following through on commitments first of all let's talk about the absolute ludicrousness of what she was actually initially promising (laughs) i do feel bad because her audience is probably primarily young girls i think it's yeah like mid-20s women mostly mid-20s women yeah mid-20s because i saw some pictures from she's not super young she's 28 yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Much older than we are. Yeah, she's a lot older. <laughs> we would not have ever interacted. <laughs> yeah, so the things that she was promising in her workshop was it was supposed to be four hours, and it was supposed to be stuff about, like, how to be yourself, how to market your creativity, creating a brand on Instagram, She promised like vegan and gluten-free raw lunch. It was supposed to be yeah. a salad. She was going to give away... The secrets to how she made her quote unquote famous orchid crown. She was gonna give away um, like gift bags with like a personalized letter to each person that attended the workshop. And a personalized miniature wildflower garden. Yeah, and they were gonna have a like a photo shoot with her, like individual photos, group photos. Yes. And she was gonna do workshops like all over the US. So she only did two workshops. And what she promised started declining. So first, the first hour, she wasn't even going to be there anymore. Yeah. It was just like a mingling thing for the people I that paid for the workshop. I want you guys to meet each other, and I don't want to get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> and then the salad went because she realized that it was really hard to cook for 40 people in her studio apartment in New York. And she didn't rent a space that had a kitchenette. So she had no ability to make a lunch. She also posted a bunch of Instagram stories about how she couldn't possibly fit 1,200 mason jars in her studio apartment. Yeah, so she ordered all the stuff to make her, like, wildflower garden and then was like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) This is the person that I... There's no person that I felt less bad for in possibly all of time i think that this is truly so funny and also honestly i would respect her drift i almost respect her drift the only thing that makes me not respect her drift is that i know that the reason that she managed to become what i would call what like a lifestyle influencer not she's not really like a fashion no it's it's definitely lifestyle lifestyle. Yeah. yeah so the only way that she managed to become a lifestyle influencer was obviously just coming from a shit ton of money Mm-hmm. and never probably having to work a real job a day in her life, which is why, you know, she's so impossibly taxed by tasks such as... Booking m- a venue. Booking a venue. Making salad for 40 people. people. Raw salad. That's All that goes into that is buying leaves and nuts. Olive oil. And fucking mixing them together. <laughs> I make salad for like 120 people. No yes, problem. Of course, because you're in a co- you're a competent adult human. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, she did end up refunding people the money when she realized that this wasn't going to work because she didn't book any venues to host her workshop. So I do respect that. But then I lost respect for her again when I found out that she had a book deal. Yes. And she lost it because she didn't write a book (laughs) over the course of two years. And then she'd already spent her advance and she had to pay them back. But the company didn't sue her, probably because she was already rich. So they didn't sue her. And I don't think she's paid it back yet. What are you doing? 
That girl was literally just born with a fucking horseshoe up her arse. There's no, <laughs> uh, like, uh, uh, <laughs> how do you, <laughs> how do you fall into that life and still manage to, to fuck it up? Royally fuck it at every single corner that you turn. Also, she came under a lot of fire because she was charging so much. She she was charging what was it? One hundred and sixty seven dollars. One hundred and sixty seven dollars per person. She was wildly overselling the tickets, and then she was saying she was like, "Oh, I should actually be charging you guys so much more for what you're getting." Very funny. But then also she uh, tried to hire a photographer and basically offered to pay them in exposure. <laughs> Which is hilarious, especially as an influencer or anyone who works in a creative field. You should know that exposure is not a valid offer, ever. Work, if you work, you get paid. She was offering to let them stay at the workshop for free if they took the photos at the workshop, which is like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. And also... Also, that's equivalent to $167 for probably five hours of work. Yeah, no. So that doesn't, it literally doesn't make sense. And then this bitch is so cheap. I, there's nothing that gets my goat, like cheap rich people. I can't, I, uh, uh. so she is so cheap that after people call her out for trying to hire a photographer that she doesn't want to pay, she then says that it would be a dread opportunity for a photography student or somebody who wants experience. To build their portfolio. Which means that she's trying to pay somebody, she's trying to underpay somebody who doesn't know any better. She's trying to pay, yeah, pay like a smaller rate by hiring somebody that's entry level. Yeah. Suck my dick. She makes me so mad. Like I could, I, the whole episode could be about this, and we're gonna move on. But I have one more thing to say, yes. which is that, yeah. So she got under fire for charging too much, canceling workshops because she didn't book spaces for it, and then oh, she, yeah, eventually, she was trying to book venues in metropolitan centers the day before. Yeah. So obviously, it wasn't gonna work, regardless of the fact that she didn't have content. But yeah. like. So she ended up canceling all of them, and she even gave people money back for the ones that they did attend. Like, she, mm-hmm. she ran two, and she gave them their money back, too. Yeah. She posted on Instagram, and she was like, you guys were right. I really need to think about the way I acted. Like, I, I'm not qualified to teach this. I could teach that workshop. It's yeah. not that. No. It's that you're a fucking idiot. It's that you're an idiot. And also, she has all this money. Hire an assistant, but again, yeah, she's famously cheap. And... Uh, the first couple of workshops that she booked, she specifically sold tickets for them only starting, I think, three weeks in advance. Yeah. And the refund policy was 30-day refund policy. So she actually fucked people out of getting a refund. And the only reason why she gave anyone their money back was because she, she got reported for fraud. She got so much negative press. She wouldn't have given anybody their money back no. and she wouldn't have had to. If people hadn't... But if, she, she wouldn't have even been able to because the three weeks was against the policy of the ticket um, platform that she used. Yeah. But she got reported for fraud on the platform because people were saying that she didn't deliver on anything that was ever promised. Yeah. So it's good that she was so shitty because they there would have been no way for them to get their money back. Yep. Speaking of grifters, we're going to talk about the Fire Festival. Oh my God. Documentaries. 
I watched the one that's on Netflix yesterday. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. It was truly enjoyable. I would <laughs> I would recommend it to anybody, particularly anybody that gets off on <laughs> the sick pleasure of watching rich people freak the fuck out when they've been inconvenienced. <laughs> <laughs> This whole episode is about how much I hate rich people so far. Sorry. But if you've ever watched an episode of somebody getting their like Lamborghini lit on fire or anything, this fire festival documentary, you're going to be fucking rock hard for an hour and a half <laughs> while you watch it. <laughs> oh my God. So essentially what happened with the fire festival, <laughs> right, was so this guy, Billy McFarlane, who was kind of like a wonderkind entrepreneur he no i don't know how he got his start but he basically invented a new type of credit card oh and this is so obnoxious it was called magnesis and it was made (laughs) out of stainless steel okay so when you it was like a black card so on top of the (laughs) you know the the showmanship and the the imagery of slamming down a black card when you spend a bunch of money it had the added value of being made of metal so you would physically hear it like it was about being ostentatious yeah (laughs) ostentatious about being rich and he acted like this uh, This card was super cool and it was going to have all these membership perks. And he was, you know, treating it like basically anyone who had a Magnesis credit card could be part of this elite club where they would have all these networking opportunities and shit. So that was basically how he got his start. Then he kind of got into producing events. Okay. And he... That's logical. Yeah. He was just kind of a general... He was an extreme business bro. Right. He's you know like, what he was I good mean? at networking. So like maybe he wasn't really producing events, but he would get people like it would work out because he was so good at getting things. He exactly. So he was the face and okay. he was the salesman okay. and he didn't have any those. Not that those aren't skills, but he didn't have any of the marketable skills behind any of the things that he was doing. You know what I mean? What he was doing was seeking out. People who could do it. Talent. Exactly. He was making promises. Yeah, he was making promises to people who had money and then making promises to other people who wanted services. And then, you know what I mean? He was the go-between. Everyone knows what businessmen do. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He tried to book Ja Rule for an event and he couldn't get through to him. And when it was impossible to get in touch with Ja Rule, he had this idea to create an app that would basically be like Uber for booking talent. Okay. Yeah. So he finally got in touch with Ja Rule and told Ja Rule about his app idea. And Ja Rule was like, great, it's a great idea. So they decided to design this app, which was going to be called Fire, which was basically going to make it easier for people to book musical acts or influencers or whatever. Yeah. Right? But then they were like, how are we going to do the promotional campaign for this? We're going to throw a huge party oh, we're going to throw a huge, let's say, influencer vacation, you know, like a brand mm-hmm. trip. And then it grew and grew and grew until they were like, oh, we're going to show how good the app is at booking talent by booking all these artists to be on it, booking all these influencers to attend it. And then it grew into this thing where they were like, we're going to have a festival. Someone needed to, like a third person needed to be involved in this to be like, shut the fuck up. 
so many like, you people. Know when you and your friend are just talking and you're like riffing off each other and nobody yes. stops you. It's like that. Like this podcast. Enough, yeah, like this podcast. <laughs> but somewhat they had enough money yeah. that they didn't have any barriers. Yeah. So no one stopped them. <laughs> they needed a friend to come in and be like, shut the fuck up. Throw the microphone in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's- they needed a friend to come in and tell them they were being idiots. I agree. Yeah. Yes. And then anyways, they did this crazy marketing campaign, paid all these influencers a huge amount of money to post about the festival. <laughs> yeah. Also, did you know that Ja Rule is kind of like nerdy looking? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a... He, ba- he likes anime. Oh, he's a blurred. Yeah, he's a huge... <laughs> he's a huge anime fan. Okay. What's his faves? I don't know. Okay. I don't like anime. Okay, well... I think he likes... I'll um, look into it later. Like, <laughs> Attack on Titan. I love anime. Okay, that's a good pick. <laughs> so, yeah, he looks like a fatter... Not older. Not fatter, even. He just looks like Spike Jones, kind of, but bigger. Okay. He looks yeah. turtly. Okay. You know? He's, like, bald and he's got roundish glasses. I feel like that was a big revelation for you while watching this it wasn't the that people were getting scammed because we don't care about that it was the fact that of course we do (laughs) (laughs) he's got such a drowly voice Uh uh-huh i feel like he should look like 50 cent during get rich or die try it (laughs) (laughs) well he doesn't okay sorry but so basically they had this huge promotional campaign they had every hot instagram bitch of all time on this island and they were taking pictures and videos of them they had uh chanel iman like the victoria's secret model yeah they had Haley baldwin nice justin bieber's new wife yeah they had bella hadid (laughs) they had everybody and they all posted about going to this festival point being when it was all said and done the festival sold out it was like people were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on their tickets and when they got there, basically <laughs> nothing they had been promised existed. They were staying in hurricane tents <laughs> that were like soaking wet because there <laughs> had been sorry. a huge rainstorm. So no, funny. it's insanely funny. Also, the kid that they interview who's complaining about all of this, his name is like Michael Felvington McFadden Telfer the Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know what, I think this is good because everybody got some life experience. Yeah, I didn't feel bad for even one of these kids. I enjoyed it at length. What else was really funny? Oh my god, my favorite part of the entire documentary was there's a scene when there's kind of an older guy who's an event producer and he says the day before the festival we had tried to import a bunch of bottled water. I heard about this. Yeah. We had tried to import a bunch of bottled water, (laughs) but we couldn't afford the fee at Bahamian... Is that how you say it? Yeah. Bahamian Customs. Which was $125,000. $175,000. Not that much. No. As compared to the scale of the festival. Yeah, like they should have been able to afford that. Yes. And... (laughs) The guy in the video says, Billy called me and he said, you're our gay leader. And today we need you to take one for the team. And by the way, this is what I'm going to say to you if we're ever going into war together. You're our gay leader. (laughs) Today we need you to take one for the team and save the festival. We need you to go to customs 
and suck a man's dick. (laughs) So they let them bring in the water. Yeah. Did he do it? Well, listen to this. And he says, so I went home. He's like, I got in my car. I drove home. I thought about it the whole drive home. I hopped in the shower. I mouthwashed. And he said, and then I drove to the airport fully prepared to suck dick to save this festival. And I just want to say that that man is braver than our troops. Yes. <laughs> did he have to do it though? No, he, he didn't do it. Okay, he didn't good. do it. The guy hey. was just, the guy was, the, it turns out that the customs guy was corrupt, but in a different way, you know, in a money okay. way, not in a sex pervert way. Right. He, he was going to let them through if they gave him some money. Yeah. He was like, as long as you made sure that I get paid before the fee gets paid, I'll give you guys, I'll release you guys the water now. Okay. Yeah. Because that was my question mm-hmm. was, was this customs guard so upfront that he was like, well, if you find someone to suck my dick, I'll let you have the water. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I to the point where they had time to find someone. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, they just, yeah, exactly. I have no idea how like, they decided. Like, bitch, I'm waiting. Well, I mean, like, the company itself was obviously quite misogynist because it's like, there were no women high enough up that they could even find a woman to try to get to suck the dick of the customs officer. <laughs> and that's why I need feminism. <laughs> I, I resent you saying that you would ever say that to me if we went into war because uh, no woman would ever want me to eat their pussy for you to get something. <laughs> I wasn't even saying you were going to eat pussy. I was just saying I was oh. going to say you're our gay leader. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. It's funny because... Uh, the guy that I was watching the movie with was like, oh my god, I can't believe he was gonna do it just to save the festival. And I was like, well, he's already gay. He already sucks dick. He's sucked dick for way less than $175,000 to save an entire festival. Of course he's gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, he already knew the festival was going to fail. So why would he do it now? I was like, well, Jesus Christ. It's not going to be because of him. No. Jesus Christ, everyone who's ever sucked dick has sucked dick for way less important things than that. (laughs) Okay, true. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It it was (laughs) extremely funny, though. And then the guy goes to jail, Billy McFarlane, after this whole thing unwinds and rich kids try and one twitter user who had 400 followers took down the entire festival just by tweeting the picture of that sandwich that was just a slice of cheese (laughs) yeah well that sometimes that's all it takes yes you know what they say what one drop in a rainstorm (laughs) (laughs) one drop on a hurricane tent fuck hey When he got sent to jail, when he got out on bail, he was still doing con man shit. What? When he was out on bail. He was living in a penthouse apartment. Okay. And driving Maseratis and shit when he was out on $300,000 bail for being like a fraudster and stealing money from shit. Anyways, and when people were like, who are his connections? Like, how is he still drifting people? Guess who he was working with? Who? Fucking Chuck Schumer's press secretary what yes what chuck schumer famed american senator and cousin of our favorite comedian amy schumer (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't believe that. Yeah. That's insane. I can. <laughs> so has he been tried yet or is it still like... Yeah, yeah, he got in the end six years and a lifetime ban from working as a corporate officer or director. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's not a problem. No. (laughs) I don't know what he's going to do because it's like with these guys, it's like, was this the only way that he he knew how to make money? I was going to say that he legitimately knew how to make money, but clearly it was entirely illegitimate. Or... Was he also kind of a sick thrill seeker? Like, did he get off on conning people? Did he believe his own lies and want to believe that he was really one of those people who could afford to live that lifestyle? He was that cool. He was that rich. He was that famous, you know? I think that if he was getting off on conning people, he would have gotten away with it. Like, I think it must be that he just wanted to have that image so badly that he was trying to, but he didn't have the skills to support it you know what I mean yeah 100% and I do want to say I feel really bad for all the people that were working on the app yeah because that's the yeah because they put over a year of work and you know the tech industry famously overworks people and doesn't give one shit about labor laws so all those people were putting their blood sweat and tears into an app that probably was really exciting and they worked really hard on it and then it was irreparably damaged by the yes. reputation of the festival. Yeah, and I'm sure they didn't get paid really either. Probably not. So no. He not money. He actually, it came out that he actually racked up hundreds of thousand dollars of debt on some of the developers' personal American Express cards. Jesus To Christ. try and bail himself out. Yeah, there were guys in the film who said that he put like $150,000 on their Amets accounts and shit like that. Also, if anyone wants any insight into my personal taste in men, if you watch the documentary, I really want to fuck the sound guy and also <laughs> the, <laughs> the like, Jewish festival consultant guy, Mark Weinstein. I'm so glad I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, you'll find out when you watch the documentary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's two documentaries. I do plan on watching both of them. And the other one's on Hulu. Hulu? Okay. Yeah, and it's funny because the grift doesn't stop with the failed festival, right? Because what happened was that Hulu released their documentary two days before the Netflix one with no advertisement, so nobody knew that they were also producing a documentary. It was a real friends with benefits, no strings attached situation. (laughs) And they released it the same day that the review embargo was lifted for the Netflix series. So what... um, produce like production companies do is they allow people to view things ahead of time with a contract that says that they won't talk about it before a certain date right like screeners like screeners yeah so they set a date that you're allowed to talk about it and normally if the review date is that close to a release of something Mm -hmm. it's either because it's really bad Mm -hmm. or because it's really good okay So everyone can make their own decisions on whether they think this is really bad or really good. Amazing. The reviews, yeah, it's good. So Mm -hmm. the reviews only came out two days before, and that's to build hype. But what Hulu did was they released it the same day. So as soon as everybody went to Google reviews for the new Netflix series, their documentary came up first. And it was immediately available. So they didn't need to advertise. They didn't need any reviews. They didn't need to spend Uh... money on that because they were riding on the review embargo of the Netflix documentary. Right. Was there any details on who produced the documentary first? I'm not sure. That I don't know. But 
I have sneaking suspicion that Hulu did because they have an exclusive interview with Billy McFarland. Oh, so okay. I have to assume that it was them because mm-hmm. why else would Netflix not have an interview with him? Because he'd already signed a contract. True. Right? I guess so. Yeah. That's just my assumption. I could be wrong, but they have an interview with him and that's the major difference between the two. Right. The Netflix one was insanely good. I hope that they didn't plagiarize it. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised because Netflix is the bitter platform, obviously, right? They could do things like muscle around smaller streaming services. Not that Hulu is a small streaming service, but... It's still smaller, I think. Yeah. It's not available in every country, so... No. Is Hulu available here? It is, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, fuck. Yeah. They don't interview Billy at all, but they don't even have sound clips of him you know what i mean they don't don't even have him on the phone they don't have well they have like old footage of him and stuff like maybe their focus of the documentary was just different i can't say because i haven't watched either yet and you haven't seen both Mm -hmm. but it's weird that they have nothing from him yeah would highly recommend the netflix one (laughs) (laughs) sorry hulu if they stole it from you it was dead (laughs) (laughs) oh my god a lot of people were posting for the 2009 challenge or the, I don't know if it was a challenge or the the 10 years where they were posting a picture of themselves from 10 years ago and then a recent picture of themselves alongside each other. Yeah. This is obviously just like designed to get aging facial recognition data, I think. (laughs) It was designed for the government, whoever, to be Mm -hmm. able to update their and improve their facial recognition software with aging data. Jesus Christ. And that... It was obviously marketed towards people who are going to buy into stuff like that. So influencers, people who have always been hot, mm-hmm. people who are way hotter now than they were back then. Well, like, that's the... It's well, designed to gain traction, right? Yeah. There's only a handful of reasons to do that, yeah. right? And one would be if you've always been hot. Another one would be if you're way hotter now than you used to be. The other one would be, and this is the only reason why I did it, and we also both only posted it in our Instagram story. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Instagram stories are ephemeral, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's a momentarily latching onto a fad. I only did it to basically stunt on everybody about being extremely young by indicating that I was a literal child 10 years ago. That's also why I did it. Yeah. Also, yours was actually really funny because you have long hair and makeup and a fucking dress on. I was a literal child. Yeah. I I also cropped my friend, like my best friend, out of the photo. And he was like, did you crop me out? And I was like, do you want to be in it? And he was like, no. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. I wasn't even allowed to wear makeup, I don't think, in the picture that I posted myself because 10 years ago I was a man and I just kidding my mom is just really strict was I really was, strict I'm an adult now I was only wearing makeup because it was a middle school graduation okay yeah yeah I wasn't allowed to wear makeup either I was well watching on a <laughs> boat cute. yeah and I'm holding like a cannon power shot in my hand which really puts a <laughs> figurative time stamp on the photo like That's a digital really camera yeah because I'm trying to catch some fucking whales did you uh, I think so, but none of the pictures were particularly good. It basically just looks like a lawn black thing in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I believe your take about facial recognition software and also giving people an opportunity to be narcissistic and to indulge in 
you know, photos of themselves is one of, you know, any information about themselves realistically, whether it's visual or, you know, otherwise, is one of the primary ways to collect information. If you think about it, think about the Doodle art app that compared people's faces to the... That one? No, the doodle oh. art one was the one that compared them to famous paintings. Oh, yeah. And then there was the pop sugar one, which compared people to the lookalike celebrities. Yeah, they're all scams. Mm-hmm. All of them. Actually, the pop sugar one isn't because it gave me <laughs> Anne Hathaway and Lana Del Rey. <laughs> so it's extremely accurate. So it's extremely accurate. <laughs> that one gave me Justin Bieber, which is. That's a homophobic. That's a cold take about lesbians. I know. <laughs> Is that a chicken age situation? Do lesbians look like Justin Bieber? Does Justin Bieber look like lesbians? I think lesbians look like Justin Bieber because there used to be that website that was like lesbians that look like justinbieber.com. Okay, true. Did you ever go on that website? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do also think that it was kind of a bad look for people that are a lot less hot now than they were in 2009 to post photos of themselves like I don't think it's that funny of a bit to be like I'm ugly now yeah okay I think it's sad yeah like like what 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 were you going for yeah some people don't realize that like some people think they look better now for a variety of reasons Mm, well I mean they can always come to me if they want any feedback You could just give it unsolicited, too. I would never. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I liked Mariah Carey's posting the same picture side by side twice and being like, I don't acknowledge the passing of time, which is highly relatable. Queen. She's so funny. She's extremely funny. <sighs> yeah, she's so good. And Jessica Simpson posted a picture of her disgusting fucking swollen pregnancy foot beside a picture of her skinny foot or yeah her feet wearing wedges and like i don't know probably the music video from that song that she did dukes of hazard do you I, remember when she played daisy duke yeah but i don't acknowledge her music career so that's valid yeah but she was a musician before she was an actress i don't acknowledge her as anything other than a socialite any like as just being famous for being famous that's true yeah she was fucking hot i acknowledge though. ashley simpson's music career yeah me too but not jessica simpson on a Even monday though- <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> holy shit okay <laughs> all right it's time to talk about the internet the internet the internet the internet i don't like that we do that now <laughs> i do <laughs> okay <laughs> all right beefs of the week i got a hot beef from a hot take and as you do every week listen I'm not intentionally I know really trying to be provocative or spicy. It's just who I am, unfortunately. And the people that are angry with me this week are human resources professionals. The best people to be in an argument with. Uh, they don't want they don't want these hands. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you say? I tweeted, human resources is a fake job for hot idiot women who want to be cops. That doesn't seem that offensive. You called them hot. I called them hot. And I would also like to say when I 
call a woman a hot idiot. There is no higher compliment coming from me. Every single day, I wish that I was a little bit hotter and like way stupider. And getting paid to do nothing. Absolutely. And I would argue that they do all want to be cops because otherwise yeah. why are they acting as agents for bosses <laughs> that's the thing i think that <laughs> human resources is supposed to be for workers but it's not it's not that's for- what unions are for yes and that's what people were saying in the responses so you know as soon as i tweeted that out a bunch of human resources workers were coming for me being like uh thanks for calling me hot but i'm definitely not an idiot <laughs> and <laughs> Then this one chick who didn't know when to fucking quit. Oh my god! Kept oh yeah, oh yeah. Huh. Kept coming back. Who was unironically doing uh, like a peace sign and wearing like a thick Yoda headband oh my in god. her profile picture. Yeah. Anyways, was like uh, sorry for doing my job, which is to help workers and make sure that everybody gets paid and is treated fairly in the workplace. And it's like, in what? fucking world you're not a union rep bitch no (laughs) like my in any job that i've ever had my human resources officers have served to do nothing except for give me forms when i'm getting hired yep not tell me how to figure out my fucking health insurance if i was in a job that had health insurance yep and told me not to do things like i don't know take off my shoes underneath my desk at work cop yes cop absolutely tell me i don't know not to charge my phone at my desk like it just stupid you know inconsequential things right my human resources department has only ever underpaid me yes overpaid me and asked me to put give the money back yes made hiring people very difficult yep and not taken my sexual harassment complaint seriously (laughs) (laughs) yeah 100 percent. it's like when they hire you to be a human resources officer they're like are you mean and super intense about workplace offenses that don't fucking matter at all and turning an absolute blind eye to actually important workplace issues? Perfect. Perfect. You're great. Are you also named fucking Rebecca? Sweet. You're hired. <laughs> can, when we release this episode, can we tag that chick and give her a timestamp? Yeah, you know what? Shout out to that chick. Also, everyone who was mad about this was exactly what I would expect. Like, one of the first people who angrily responded to my tweet literally had avocado toast as her Twitter oh. profile picture. It's the, la- it's the lack of self-awareness. Yeah, 100%. Like, I finally baited basic Twitter into an argument with me completely by accident. <laughs> you didn't think that tweet was going to take off, did you? Absolutely not. I was just shit posting because I, I just had a, a thought, and people were like, "Damn, that's accurate." I have two internet beefs this week. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so the first one, I went on Tinder for the first time in like a month, and normally the way I use Tinder is as follows: I only look at people's names. Okay. And if they have a white person name that's spelled stupid, I immediately swipe left. Nice. Okay. I'll look at your face because I'm shallow. Yeah. yeah. And then if you're hot, I'll swipe mm-hmm. right and I don't read bios. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. 
so I haven't been on in like a month and I was actually reading people's bios. Oh, and you don't want to do that to yourself. I know because six people, I was only on for like 20 minutes. Six people had in their bios practicing ethical non-monogamy. That's got to be a gay thing. It is. It's all women who are in open relationships with men. Uh, and I'm like, what's the ethical part? <laughs> like, You only fuck women because your boyfriend's a homophobe and thinks it doesn't count. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, is this new or have I just not been reading bios for years? I've never seen that. Or I, not that I haven't seen it, but I, I think people mostly when I was on Tinder, which I am not anymore because I'm in a blessed part of my life now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I did it to myself. Well, I mean, sometimes you have to. I've actually met people that I dated seriously off Tinder before. I have too, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I used to see a lot of like in an open relationship or, you know, accounts where it's a man and a woman and it's very looking for a third. And that's fine because I think, I mean, most of the time it's like pretty obvious. And mm-hmm. like, but it was weird because every single person, it was phrased the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Practicing ethical non-monogamy. Yeah. It's a new buzzword. Yeah, they all just read ethical slut. Well, when yeah. I was when yeah. I was on that, so also this week I was... <laughs> I was on a live podcast about sets and relationships, Mm. so any of our pervert or pervert-adjacent listeners can check this out. We'll post about it from uh, the Dumbitch Media account, and I'll post about it from my personal account when it drops, but it's a Mm -hmm. podcast about sets and relationships and uh, polyamory. I'm (laughs) I'm not poly... But um, that's what the podcast is about. And they were having people do sit down, stand up. Like, so stand up if you're this or sit down yeah. if you're this. And didn't a surprising amount of people stand up for, are you practicing ethical non-monogamy? Yeah, they also they use that word. Yeah, so it's a buzzword now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like, it makes sense in that context because there are people that listen to that podcast, right? And I would assume yeah. that a large majority of that community probably listens. Yeah. It's just funny that that's uh, that's the word now. That's a bad thing to put in your Tinder bio. It's like just, it's good to let people know up front. Just say you're in an open relationship. I don't think I would personally want to match someone who is in an open relationship. But I will say that that's a bad thing to have in your Tinder bio, aside from the whole being honest thing. It's only slightly less annoying than, like, why Netflix dogs? Yeah, it just, like... Like a quote from The Office. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I Love to travel, airplane, airplane, <laughs> airplane. Everybody has it now. Maybe I should put it in my bio, and then when people are like, oh, who else are you dating? I'll be like, well, no one right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to... I'm just practicing ethical non-monogamy. <laughs> I'm building my harem. Yeah. What's um, your least favorite Tinder bio? Or what are some least favorite Tinder bios? Or Bumble. Bumble's fine, too. Well, I don't read them. Well, but when I do, mm-hmm. anything that's too long. So I like it when people, like, say a couple things about themselves. But oh, I don't like really it... when it's really serious? When, it's, when people take it really seriously. Yeah. And or when people talk about like loving the outdoors and like okay because Mm -hmm. I work outside and I work in the outdoor industry and most of the people that say they like camping or hiking and stuff like that are fucking liars are liars (laughs) and are saying it because they think it makes them look quirky and I also don't like it them look quirky I think so yeah I thought they were would say it because they think it makes them look like fit without saying that they work out maybe 
I'm not sure what it is, but I find it a huge turnoff. Yeah. And I don't like it when people say that they like to travel because they always want to talk about where they've been and where you've been and I haven't been anywhere because I'm poor. Also, that yeah, that's, mastur- <laughs> that's masturbatory. Yeah. And also, people... <laughs> People saying that that they travel and that's their hobby are basically just taking a shortcut to saying I'm rich and fucking boring. Yeah. So or I, don't I like that. I'm rich and I care a lot about uh, my Instagram posts. Yeah. Other than that, I don't care that much. What was what's your Tinder bio? I try to keep it short. Like I always, I never try to write more than two sentences. Yeah. Is it serious? No. I like being outside. I started drinking coffee so that people would date me. <laughs> what? Because, okay, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Fucking queer girls only like going on dates in the middle of the day to get coffee. I hate that. It's so sexless. I know. And I don't, well, I drink coffee now, but I didn't until like a year ago. Yeah. And that was a huge barrier. <laughs> you couldn't just get not a coffee when people you went out with people? Oh my god. But I don't date now anyway, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) That's for the best. Yeah. Save your energy. I know. My Tinder bio when I had it was uh, the most recent one because it has had several iterations. But the most recent one was not cute or funny, more so reliable and sturdy, like a Nokia (laughs) phone or an old horse. 5'5", but I will still dunk on you. That's good. Yeah. I used to have a really funny one, but I got rid of it because people kept asking me if I, like, did comedy and stuff. And then they'd be like, tell me a joke, which was really annoying. What? Your Tinder bio was so funny that people immediately knew you were a comedian? No, it wasn't even (laughs) that funny. But again, girls. They're doing their research? Are doing their research, yeah. Jesus. So it used to be um, 5'2", I have all my shots and I'm looking for a forever home or a good time. Oh, that's that is funny. Okay, yeah. But I got rid of it. I only listed my height because well, I used to list my list my height because it was kind of just a joke about how men always list their height and it was for a while my whole Tinder bio was six five and yes I will dunk on you. And then you had to change it. Because men that were really disgusting about liking really tall women and tall bitches Shut up if you're going to say that men don't like you because so many, yeah, so many men were really disappointed when they found out that I'm actually, I don't know, on the short end of average height, on the tall end of average height. I don't know. I'm 5'5". How tall is average height? uh, 5'5 or 5'4". Okay. Yeah. So Canadian average. Yeah. My second internet beef is very short, but it's about people who are talking about the fire festival. It's people who are talking about the fire festival documentary and think that they're superior to people who have curated Instagrams because purposely not curating your Instagram is also a choice. Okay. And I just think that's stupid. Yeah. Like, do whatever they want. All this talk did is make me feel even more superior to those who have curated Instagrams. I hate that bitch, man. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's an uh, a real a real life beef, which has yeah. entered a beef of the week. You're not smarter than anybody for purposely not creating a brand. Like that's just I just think it's silly. No, and you're also not smarter than anybody for not being on social media or not caring about social media or not keeping up appearances. Yeah, 
that's my second beef. Yeah, well, I'm glad that she watched the documentary, but she was really reading it wrong if the number one thing that she hates about young rich people is that they have curated Instagrams. Exactly. That's <laughs> not the point. It's like, let's, let's get some critiques on generational wealth, <laughs> extreme generational wealth. Fucking, I can spend $800,000 to go to a weekend lawn festival generational an wealth and not my Instagram looks good. Fuck. You. you. Also, this person <laughs> does have a curated Instagram. So. Oh, her entire life is curated. So whatever. Should call her a fucking art gallery. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our uh, dumb bitch of the week. Time for dumb um, bitch of, of the week. week. I have a creepy DM for you guys this week, as always, and it is. What's up? How old are you? You look young. I'd feel like a creep for hitting on an 18-year-old. I'm 26. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Honestly, I like this guy more than I like the average DM because <laughs> he does acknowledge that I'm young. young and look young. But also, and I guess he is committed <laughs> to making sure that I'm old enough to come on to but at the same time it's like really it's just like unnecessary and i know that that's the only type of dm you get really but mostly largely unnecessary unnecessary. yeah it's just extremely unnecessary because it's like what's your point yeah exactly (laughs) and also I feel like as long as I said I was 18, he would have adjusted his his tastes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, as long as I wasn't like, LOL, I'm 16, which is something I pull... The first, man, the first time I meet anyone's friends... You say you're 16. Absolutely. I said I was 32 at a party last night, and people believed me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't... Who? Believed you. No, never mind. Don't tell me who. But, like, <laughs> what kind of person? I think people that just, like, don't hang out with lesbians very often, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they all look the same to me. It's impossible yeah. to get a read. <laughs> They're like, well, Ellen's 57. <laughs> That's true. And she still looks like a teenage boy. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You're ageless. All right. Tweet of the week. I have one. Okay. So this is from Taylor Rivers, at Taylor Rivers. He's fucking so funny. I know. Shout out to Taylor Rivers. Canadian comic. (laughs) So funny. So this tweet is, nobody. Silence. Alt comedian dude. I actually like bad shows. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. Me too. It's so annoying. (laughs) Because I personally have very low tolerance for cringe to the point that... I actually have to time my cigarette bathroom. breaks yeah. or my bathroom breaks right around aspects of a show that I think will be unenjoyable. So I don't personally find any humor. And I also don't like it when, you know, people are getting back of the room laughs because they're they're bombing. Sorry, back of the room laughs. Like when other comics are laughing at the wrong times during people's sets. Because it's bad. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. they're bombing. 
or the joke sucks. Yeah, because it, it makes me feel bad. Yeah, it, really it, made, does. it makes me feel bad too. It's mean spirited. Yeah, I think it's just such a man thing to be like. Actually, I like bad shows. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like men are incapable of being happy for other men exactly I feel like or for other people mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say like for other men you know even if you both do well on a show people always want to feel like they did better than you yeah right well and it's like I was on a show a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that I was the only person that did well mm-hmm. and it's not because the other comedians weren't good it was just the audience or something yeah and like I felt it's awkward it's very awkward it's awkward to be the only person that yeah as well Yeah. Do you remember that show when uh, I did well and the feature was from out of town? So the, I guess the headliner of the show was from out of town and he came up to me after the show and said, hey, really good set. And there was another comic who had been on the show who was standing beside me. And so the headliner said, hey, really good set. And the other comic turned to me and said, just you though. That happened to me once too. And I said, yes. (laughs) I fucking hate that. Yeah, because it's like, bro, it's not all about... Me doing well doesn't have anything to do with you. It doesn't take away from you doing well. And also, objectively, you can't do well at every show. No. And he didn't do well that night. So like, just be aware. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I hate that. I just it's hate like, it. I, it's, a, it's when people feel the need to take away from somebody else to make themselves feel better it's like you like being in an environment where you're the only person who does well or seems good because you don't have to try as hard yeah you're not comparing yourself to other people that are also doing well which i think is more satisfactory like to feel like you did well in a room where everybody's really good yes there's no to me there's no pleasure in being the only person that does well no because you want to be on good shows yeah first of all second of all it feels fucking good to follow someone that's really good and therefore difficult to follow. And also doing well. And do really well. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel good to be on a bad show, even if it means that you're the best person. No. Also, it's not a pie, right? If you get a good reception, it's not like there's less... Taking away applause from someone else. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. If anything, I want comics that are on a show that I'm on to do well because it keeps the room warm for you to do well. It's really fucking hard to get up on a night when everybody's been doing badly or bombing because then you have to... You have to work so much harder. You have to convince the audience that you're going to be funny if they haven't liked anybody all night. Yeah. And you also have to... You have to spend the first couple of minutes of your set kind of undoing the damage. Yeah. Right? So it's it's annoying. I don't like it. I and the tweet I think is funny because that's a real thing. That oh yeah. Say. Oh yeah. And I hate that. Well, I mean, it's think think about anybody enjoying anything ironically, right? Exactly. And yeah. I don't like irony, really. You don't like it when people like things ironically. Yeah, that's I find fair. It annoying. I like lots of bad stuff, but I have to say, I don't like anything ironically all of my fucking really bad tastes are genuine 100 percent unironic as sad as, <laughs> as sad as that is i'm not doing irony <laughs> i enjoying bad stuff so my tweet of the week is from nick flanagan 
at the flans at the F-L-A-N-S. I don't know why I try to spell out loud every week on this fucking <laughs> podcast. Anyways, <laughs> Nick Flanagan tweeted, non-alcoholic beer? What's next? Non-alcoholic parents? That's so funny. <laughs> I almost picked that as my tweet of the week. Really? Yeah, but I felt like I wasn't allowed because neither of my parents are alcoholics. Oh, well, hmm. I, no comment. But I, yeah, I just like, I almost picked it. No, but I was I'm, like, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that means you're not allowed. I think it just makes me especially qualified, uh, especially because I'm trying to quit drinking right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard, especially because I just truly love beer and wine so much, like the taste. Yeah. And I know that I probably crave the booze in it. Too, As well, yeah. But I am specifically like uh You do actually like the way it tastes. I I love beer and wine, especially with a meal. And I love food, right? So mm-hmm. I mean I think it just extends yeah, to that. Like I like pairings and things like that. And also so fucking funny. I'm sorry. Like I needed that tweet this week <laughs> in which my biological dad has completely lost his mind again, complete overshare. Uh, <laughs> it just hits different. <laughs> yeah, tweets about alcoholic parents hit different. Because if you know, you know. You know. <laughs> you know. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Sorry, it was kind of a an extra long pod. I think but. it's fine. I feel like we've both been going through some things this week. And you know what? We're still here. We're still doing it. <sighs> a lot of shit happened. And we essentially gave a whole movie review yeah there and we were both so fucking angry about carolyn calloway i think the title of this week's episode is going to be we hate rich people yeah <laughs> beat the rich yeah eat the rich eat the rich meet the rich hit their cars yeah stomp, stomp on a lambo 2k19 fuck yeah uh get trending <laughs> i think that also, okay, last thing. But Carolyn Calloway, like, if you have an alliterative name, I guess you were born to be an influencer, if not a newscaster or a porn star. I don't but think it's her real name. Porn stars don't use their real names. You don't no. think so? Oh, maybe it is. For some reason, I thought it wasn't her real name. Scratch that. Okay. Her parents just do. Yeah. Yeah. All her right. parents should have given me a better name. Like the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Alliteration. It makes things sound good. <laughs> damn that's true all right see you guys next week bye